Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. Ryan, how you doing? Yeah, not not too bad, mate. You didn't say the better summer, did you then? <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, it, it could go one way or another, depending, doesn't it? I mean, uh, you and uh, you know, the other son, Scott, are probably as bad as each other in terms of you know, pranking your dad and winding him up. Oh, God, what a, what a way to start right there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, well, let me ask you this then. So why isn't Scott in this business? Why is it you rather than Scott? Right. There's actually, there we are starting with the stories again, aren't we? Um, so basically what it, it was, when my brother was a little bit younger, so say how old I was when I started, about 14, something like that, he, yeah. he said to me dad, he goes, oh, Dad, can I come wrestling training with you? I won't become a wrestler. And he's not going to like this story because the truth hurts, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, so what happened is he went to training. God knows where it would have been uh, that long ago, but uh, he went to training. And obviously, back then isn't what it was like now. And uh, he got a good idea. <laughs> what, what, what kind of year are we talking? What year would this have been about? God, I'm crap with the years, but so... So uh, my brother's 30, 32, so when he was 14, so, you know, eight years. No, no, yeah. God, even longer than that. But, yeah, so basically what happened is uh, my mum was like, yeah, go on, you go with your dad and all this. Uh, so he ended up going, and, and what actually happened was, uh, obviously my dad didn't want any of us to be in the business because back then it would have been, you get a good idea off the people that didn't like me dad. So uh, yeah. dad gave him a bit of a broken nose, you know, marks all over his back. And basically my brother cried his eyes out. And when <laughs> when he first went to my mum, did you enjoy it? No, dad beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> so that, there and then it was, my dad basically knew, yeah, he's not going to become a wrestler. <laughs> but he, he, he always says, oh God, if I got into wrestling, I'd be so much better than you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then, mate. <laughs> but then the funny story is, when, obviously, I started training with my dad, is uh, that my dad gave me them good ideas, broke my nose. As you know, Phil, my nose pops really easy. <laughs> uh, but broke my nose, then went back to my mum. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think uh, then it was kind of like, yeah, I think Ryan... Ryan's got it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's one of them things. I mean, I, I don't condone getting beaten to sort of wrestling training. I mean, I, I know when, when when I started, 2007, it was kind of coming to the end of doing stupid stuff in wrestling school where everybody gets a chop. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, chops don't necessarily teach you anything. And they'll teach you that you're going to get hurt, yeah, but... To, you know, to chop everyone and ever, everyone chop you, I don't necessarily think that teaches people anything. No. I mean, it, it could go either way. I mean, there's there's you know, there's enough pros and cons to it, but yeah, it's one of the things. I think everyone's kind of had a bit of a a bit of a good idea. And, um, I think it was um, it was your dad actually. I want to say at Press Infuse Fight Night, so our second ever show. You broke your nose on a table. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, but what about the time before that? Was it... Um, <clears throat> is it Keel? your show, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing, because like, your dad said said it to me after the uh, the Jumping Jack show. 
You see, he compared you to uh, Mr. Potato Head because your nose came off. <laughs> <laughs> and now, because obviously you've you've chosen to uh, to shave your head a little bit, you do so. you do have a bit of a resemblance <laughs> with Mr. Potato Head. You know, all all due respect to Play School or Metal or whichever toy company makes Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> they should be happy, really, that they've modelled it off me. You know what I mean? But you deserve royalties. Hey, tell you what, that's some merchandise right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just just uh, just tip me at the end. If you're gonna make a T-shirt out of it, just tip me. Right, so uh, so what year would it would it have been that you started? Because have you actually started training? Because this is one thing we've talked about with you, and I think makes you different to everyone else we're gonna talk to. You wouldn't have necessarily had lots of training sessions. With your dad obviously being Keith Myers, you've lived under that sort of learning tree it was kind of like i'm quite lucky in the fact not many people are that can be doing this business for god knows how long but i kind of picked it up as a young age watching my dad yeah you know what i mean and being around like all wrestling legends and stuff i was very lucky in that sense and so when i first started you know um house of pain which it is now that sticks does yeah way before you know sticks and stuff He's just put it on to the next level. But it was at the Notts County uh, football ground. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really bad because I know people in the past have gone, oh God, you only got it in the business because your dad's Keith Myatt. And it's like, well, I, I wish you actually walked a mile in my shoes because you starting out, the, the like the starting that I had, you wouldn't be in the business now. Do you know what I mean? Because I had the shit kicked out of me in Miami language every every day that you can possibly think of it'd go easy on the rest of the lads and I'd have you know the knee in the back the knee on the nose literally tying me up and putting me in a hold until like close to breaking my arm until I'm crying my eyes out until I get that you know you can get like when you're upset super anger can't you a bit like yeah. when you're drunk you can you've got super strength <laughs> and it's like Woof! I pull him off, and I never complained once. I'd, I'd, I'd probably change the, the wording on that one, mate. I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boof! Uh, pull me dad off. Wait, oh fine. God, Jesus! Yeah, no, that's for another show. <laughs> <laughs> we are eight minutes into the into this podcast, and uh, we've already got. Off. We we need like a buzzer, so when something dirty, like a double entendre, has been said, we can set the little buzzer off. Oh, that would be ace. <laughs> um. So, because I know. I mean, I don't remember the year that I would have met you. I assume it would have been 2008, 2009, 2010, somewhere in that gap. You know what? Uh, I would I would have actually met you a little bit sooner than that because I uh, don't know if you can remember this, but can you remember the, the likes of Calas and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. When, when you're training, I come down with um, Weaver, my dad, and obviously Chris Curtis was there. So yeah, I would, I would have been there, and I would have probably saw you there. But well, that's you know. thing. Cause, I mean, I started in May 2007, if I remember correctly, and mm. I do remember both you and your dad coming down and taking some of the BWA training sessions at the, at the Fenton Fitness First Gym. Yeah. Um, I can't put a sort of timestamp on when that would have been because I don't think it was right at the start. But no, it I, I do think he was early enough. Maybe 2008, perhaps 2009. Yeah. It, well, can you remember, God rest his soul, uh, Ghent? Yeah. The big, muscle guy. The big guy. 
we did a lot of work with him when he was first starting out. So basically, I was the the fall guy, be taking everything <laughs> that he, oh. to make him look good. Do you know what I mean? Story of my life, that isn't it, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, have you got any? Now that you've mentioned him, um, like I, I would use some Ghent up because I mean I was around him for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, didn't get to know him terribly well, but I kind of knew him like knew him a little bit, and people because he was a big, big dude. He was a it was. I don't think people mind me saying this, but he was on steroids. He, he would openly talk about it. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Um, and he never any signs of quote unquote roid rage and for that. It's a really nice, gentle giant, I suppose. Is, is probably so well spoken and yeah, really polite and thankful. And you know that goes a long way with me and and my dad especially. You know what I mean? Just respect and he's so respectful in all fairness and he just wanted to learn such a shame what happened because you know i think now he probably with the right training and stuff like that i, I honestly think that he could be up there you know one of the best workers yeah, I, maybe I, not I, best I workers but attractions yeah because i mean this business attracts all different kinds of attractions you'll have um people that their main hook is their is the the look that they bring and obviously Ghent would have been there yeah um, so certain people uh, like yourselves are really good workers that necessarily don't have a Ghent kind of look but you you've got a really good ear to you you can listen to a crowd be told very very little and go okay I know where to take this I know I know where to, to to milk the crowd as best as humanly possible. Yeah, you, you um, used I, the right I, word there, milk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it's about, though. And I think, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Ken was such a nice guy. I mean, when I met him, I got like a little bit of a Ken story for you. So he come walking in and he had a four pint, uh, no, sorry, it was a two pint bottle of of milk. I was like, oh, okay, but it wasn't it wasn't milk inside. It was like a brown kind of colour. So I'm kind of like looking at him and thinking, oh, I've heard, I've heard about this. It'll be like chocolate whey, you know, whey protein powder, something like this. And I've been kind of skinny for sort of most of my life. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to go up and ask him because if there's anyone you want to ask about nutrition and getting bigger, he's a, he's, a, he's a bloody good person <laughs> to go to. So I said, again, do you mind? Um, I'm OK, I have a smell of that. Rather than asking what it was, I asked for the smell of it. He said, yeah, sure, mate. Took the lid off. Stuck it under under my face, and I took a massive waft of what I thought was chocolate whey protein shake. Because if it smells okay, I'll have it. If it doesn't smell okay, I just can't have it. And it wasn't whey protein. It was uh, eight to ten tins of tuna liquidized. Oh, mate. Yeah, and it felt like the, 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 this. I mean, I'm not good with fish anyway. Like tin fish has got like a smell like tear gas, and it. <laughs> It hit me in the lungs so, so bad that I had to like leave the the training session and go outside and I might have threw up a little bit. It <laughs> just felt like tuna was inside of my lungs. It's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. I, I'm with you on that one, mate. Oh, God. I'm so, so from, from that moment on, I was like, you know what? Tell me what's in stuff before I, I, I breathe it in. Because uh... <laughs> <Well, God. laughs> There's some jokes we can make there, but again, we need a year double entendre button. We'll, we'll just hit, hit that one on. <laughs> so, 
Going back a little bit, so we've mentioned that uh, Ozzy, you did start training, but you've been sat under yeah, your dad's learning tree since day one. I mean, he would have been, you'd, you'd have saw your dad going out, um, you know, getting picked up in cars, going to shows, uh, coming back later that night, coming back later that weekend. And I'm sure he would have told you stories. He would have told you this, that and the other. And so he's drip feeding the business to you every single day. And that isn't something you can learn. Every Friday and Saturday being a weekend while here yeah. or that sort of thing. That's stuff that only that's really specific to yeah, you that I don't think you, you I think you get a rough deal sometimes when people talk about you because you mentioned it earlier, saying, Oh, people wouldn't yeah, you, know, you wouldn't be in the business if you wasn't for Keith. Um I very much disagree with that. I think you you would be in the business, you just learnt a different way. Um but unfortunately, Phil, it's it is really good, you know. You know, I love my dad. We have that much banter and stuff like that with the stories and stuff like that. But it's actually when I first got into the business, it was quite bad because like you still had your old uh, journeymen about and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'd be getting good hidings. Do you know what I mean? And like I, I've just looked at a picture on my phone. Then uh, can you remember Tarzan Boy Darren? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've met, met him once or twice. He was quite a, uh, an imposing figure, we'll say that. Well, I'm just looking at when I was, you dressed up as Ryan Gold, you know, love the yeah, Ryan yeah. Gold gimmick. Um, and he, my dad knew that he couldn't watch the match because he knew that I was going to get a good idea. <clears throat> and he knew it before, beforehand. As soon as he knew that I was on with, you know, uh, Tarzan boy, um, he was like, oh God. But that was done on purpose, as you probably trying to think, how can I word this? You know the chap who used to run that place? <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. We, 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 can, we, we can name him if you want, it's okay. Yep, uh, so Chris Curtis, he would have known what he was doing by putting me on against him. Yeah. So I think it was a bit of a F you to me dad. To go right, we'll see, we'll see if your son's uh, got what it takes to be in the business. And not even joking, you mate, to uh, add that match. And you know me, unfortunately, I've got a really bad temper, so it actually <laughs> it actually worked really really well because it was giving me a good hiding, good hiding, and stretching me in places I never knew it could stretch. Honestly, mate, it's like yeah. my leg over my head and stuff like that, <laughs> crazy, right? And it. it concussed me i ended up uh, going to the hospital later on uh, that night and i was concussed and everything like that and obviously me if someone hits me phil what am i going to do i'm going to hit him back twice as hard yeah <clears throat> worst thing worst thing i could have done <laughs> <laughs> so i whacked him like that and yeah he's kicked shit out of me and after got to the dressing room and my dad, my dad, you know what my dad's like. Are you right? Are you right? Dead panicky, isn't he? And uh, he just went up to me, Tarzan boy, and says, uh, "Well, up to me dad and goes, I tell you what, he goes, brilliant, kind of fault him like that." And it, it, then I kind of like my dad was like, "Fair play, you can take it." Do you know yeah. what I mean? He knew what was going to happen, and he can take it. So and another, I'm just thinking out the bad parts here is. Uh, the worst thing about, you know, being brought up into wrestling and watching my dad, I've seen the amount of times that he gets backstabbed, like when I was younger. And that's yes. that's the worst thing possible because me, I won't take any crap, no. 
So I've had it a couple of times. I can tell a couple of stories, but get me in trouble. Um, but where people have been bad mouthing him, and me as a young fifteen-year-old grabbing him by the throat, saying I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I've seen that's the bad side where, because there is, you know, but back then it was more about when my dad was watching. They won't just take your spot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like. I grew up with watching, you know, learning off my dad, brilliant, brilliant, but then also learning the bad things like watching my dad get backstabbed and the politics and stuff like that. Yeah. So now, unfortunately, I'm a lot more savvy to that. So I, I might come across to promoters, I wouldn't say up my own arse, but a bit quiet in that sense until they say something because I'm not taking any crap. Yeah, I think um, my sort of uh, perception of you it's kind of changed over the years a little bit, but when I've seen you at other shows, because I mean, whenever I've you know, travelled with you and all this sort of thing, I'm always watching everyone else around me. I want to see how they react, how they react to me before and after they find out I'm a promoter, because that's I fall into the same kind of boat. <laughs> uh, people don't know that I'm a promoter as well. They say, oh, it's just some guys being a manager and whatever, and then mm-hmm. someone will say to them, oh, by the way, he runs Pro Wrestling Fewer in Stoke, and all of a sudden that changes their perception. They won't be friends with you. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, you know what? When I was chatting uh, shit about him a couple of minutes ago, he's not actually that bad. I didn't get a chance to see him. I I share that with you. That's why I wanted you to be um, on this very first show because I think that's something that me and you share a little bit. I I wouldn't necessarily say it's wrestling specific. I mean, I've I've been in corporate offices and people didn't know who the bosses were until they've let on and all of a sudden that changes the entire dynamic in, that, in the room yeah that does my head in because what like i'm a bit like you know my mum obviously is uh, love my mum to pieces but what you see is what you get and if you don't yeah. like it lump it so i'm not <laughs> gonna just because you're a promoter or anyone's a promoter i'm not going to be any different with you just to get a booking yeah. i'm not going to kiss your ass to get a booking not a chance do you know what I mean? I know, I know that's how you, how you get on in wrestling, and that's why I've probably, you know, not come as far as I should do. But I'm sorry, just not my personality to kiss ass. It really isn't. It's either you either take me on face value or you don't at all, and that's probably a bad way of looking at it. But that's me. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it, it could be a bad way of looking at it. I think it's necessarily. It's a timing issue with you, and this is just me being a bit of an outsider, also knowing you uh, quite personally as well. I think it's a timing issue, whereas now I think you've hit such your stride that you're a lot more confident in yourself. You're a lot more – you've got your head screwed on a lot better these days because even when you say, yeah, you've got a temper on you, which I've been around you when you've got a bit of a temper, that's fair enough. Your temper doesn't bleed over into unprofessional. Right. And that's one thing you have got to take a lot of credit for. And I'm going to blow a bit of smoke up your bum. It is what it is. When other people get mad, I've seen them break stuff. I've seen them swear. I've seen, you know what I mean, really unprofessional stuff. It, yeah. has like a, it has like a domino effect, like a knock-on effect. That If they get peed off and they chuck something across the room, that thing that they've chucked hits a light, and now I've got to repair that light. I've got to pay for it. Yeah. Even, even if you're mad, you've still got that presence of mind you'll take yourself outside. Yeah, then and I'll go go outside and punch your wall. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? That, that's a good way of dealing with things. Yeah, we've yeah. both been around people that haven't dealt with things 
that professionally and you stood there going, for God's sake, like, come on, you just created more issues. You've got to give yourself a lot of credit, even though you might have a temper. Yeah. It's still a controlled temper. You're still in the presence of mind to be, you know what, I'm a professional first and foremost. And you've oh, got to give yourself a lot of credit for that. Oh, God, uh, that's just popped into me. I know when I lost my temper at one of your shows, you wouldn't have actually known this because you would have been upstairs. And I, w- <laughs> I won't tell you who because oh, you know, I, don't, I don't want to think it, but uh, there was a wrestler... Quite a few years ago, um, from Manchester, I'll let you try and take that the way you can. Um, (laughs) So I want you to try and figure it out. (laughs) I can't really say because, you know. um, But, yeah, um, he's wrestled. And the first thing he did is come in. I don't know if he was joking or not. First thing, oh, where's my dressing room? And straight away, Phil, that was like, oh, that's... that's, Oh, I know know what you mean. I'm just clapping. That's not sitting well with me. Even if he was joking, <laughs> wasn't shaking anyone's hand, I'm like, oh, mate, he, I don't like him. Because you know me, I'm just like, I don't like him. And I'll say it loud enough so he can bloody hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty seeing that, yeah. Can, can I tell the story? Or... Yeah, go for it, go for it. Right, okay. Uh, so, he's wrestled and stuff like that. Um, he's come back, and obviously there's... In, in Silverdale, there's a, a a young chap with Down syndrome, such a lovely lad, comes to most of the wrestling shows here. And he's come back, and that's why I'm not going to name him, because, you know, a bit horrible. But he come back and just laughing and joking. He look, looked at me, and I don't even know him that well, I don't. Right. Yeah. And he's gone, <laughs> you look a bit like a Down syndrome. And you can imagine my face. I, I went red. Like this, and I, I'm shaking because that's what I do when I get angry. I shake, and just before you know the <laughs> the calm of the storm, and uh, he looked towards my dad and goes, "Keith," and my dad just shook his head and went, "You're on your own here." <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've gone up to him like I've come like stamping up to him like that, and I've grabbed him by the throat. But when I've grabbed him by the throat, I've grabbed him by the windpipe. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> Evil, I know. And, and obviously, quite a few expected uh, swear words uh, exchanged. And I was, pu- I was pulling back, and that's when my dad stopped me. Or yeah. he would have got a good idea. Because I'm thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm all up for a laugh and a joke. But if you don't know me, don't say stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like when yeah. you're my friend, so we can go uptown and go, hey, up, Baldy, like that, right? But say if I don't know someone and I'm uptown, some junk idiot's going, oh, Baldy, who are you? You don't even know me to even have a joke with me. So then I'll probably just chin him straight away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that, that took a little uh, switch, didn't it, that? It did, it did mate. So, so for those that, um, that only know you from seeing you on shows... Do you yeah. want to share a little bit about what you do outside of shows so we can get a bit more of a feel for who Ryan Ashley Myatt is? So, so it doesn't sound like I'm just angry all the time. <laughs> well, just to kind of give a little bit of backstory, because obviously if they see you, uh, they can pull out lots of adjectives to who Ryan Myatt is now, but they won't necessarily know who the person is behind the character, because it is a character, it's just turned up to 11. Yeah. So who is Ryan Myatt, the person? Like you say, it, it, I'm, 
obviously, I'm not too far away from the character, just notched up a little bit. But um, work-wise, uh, something I've been doing for six, seven years, maybe even longer, I've been w- working with adults with learning disabilities, so like uh, your autism, Down syndrome, le- like learning dis, mental health and all this. And when people watch me wrestle, they're kind of like, I can't see you doing that. But I'm quite... I might come across a bit of an arse, but I'm so like compassionate and quite sensitive, really, if I'm honest. I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm probably thinking myself down on it. Um, but play football, family at home, you know, I do everything for my family. And I'm trying to think, really, that literally all I do is work, family, wrestle. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Occasionally I, I, I go that. play football. So we don't tend to have that many football um, fans in wrestling for some reason. We just kind of struggle so one, one or the other, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know if it's just because we like our stuff at work. Yeah. Like, oh, f- football would be good if the interviews after the football were a bit more entertaining. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. That, I'm no, not talking about yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about yeah, Alan Shearer being Hulk Hogan because he wouldn't sound right. But people are so boring in their interviews that I just, it's dreary yeah. in comparison to wrestling, which is over the top, loud, vibrant, colourful. Everything else just feels a bit, eh, bit bland, yeah. a bit bland. Yeah, but you've got to, you've got to like football to enjoy the interviews. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, I've got, I've got a few photos here of old wrestling shows, right? Yeah. I'm ju- just looking at, and I couldn't believe that. Because you know, recently Kirby is retired. Yeah, yeah. So gutted because he was one of the best workers I've ever worked with. So easy, so light, and I tell you what, he's amazing. And we did a, uh, me and my dad did a tag for DPW. Can you remember that, them? Um. Koga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's up north, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I think it Pontifract. I think it might have been. Yeah. We did a show against, uh, it was me and my dad against Kirby and Madman Manson. <laughs> so we're talking, talking a five-star masterclass technical uh, challenge then, yeah? Basically, do you know what, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know what, the, we, we, we were backstage, we were thinking, God, what what can we have as a finish? And Matt Manson's thinking through, oh, we'll do this. Oh, no, we won't do that. And he goes, why don't we just do the Hulk Hogan spot? Right, and this, this is Mad Manson all over, you know. He was like, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So basically, it was punch, 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 obviously shaking up. Third one, block, 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 into the ropes. Uh, big boot, leg drop, finish. I tell you what, I could wear Manson every day of the week. Yeah. Oh, my I, I, I God. I loved him. He was, he was so, he was so, like... Uh, Things. He, he didn't take the business serious, but he did take the business serious. He found yeah. such a knife edge to kind of to go down. Because if you look at him, he, he, he wasn't being a typical wrestler kind of thing. But he loved the business. And he did take it very, very seriously, but very unseriously serious. It's, it's a very strange concept. And I've not seen anyone else quite do yeah. justice well, like he did. Yeah, no, definitely not. There's no one going to be ever as funny because you've got Grado and stuff like that. But Manson was the first for me. I could watch him in the dressing room and giggle. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's 
so like you've hit the nail on the head there. It's serious, not serious, serious, not serious. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, so go on. No, no, go on. Oh. Oh, so I was going to say, I, I've, um, I was at a show in Preston, uh, just just sat there watching. It's a, it's a PCW show in one of the, the nightclubs that they run. And uh, Manson was on the show. I think he was tagging with, I want to say Sam Bailey, and I can't think who they were against, top of my head. Yeah. Um, but Manson was running really, really late behind. He literally got there just as the match was starting. And I assume they were either going to just make it two on one until he got to ringside. Um, He got there just, he come running down to the ring with his gear, what little gear he used to wear, like one boot. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what? You you know the funniest thing is, you know when he was at 1PW? Yeah. You remember that because you used to, before before you were, promoter wanted to, You know this, but he used to write the whole show. So, like, when the imports were coming over and stuff like that, you know, you got AJ Styles versus Borage, Spud yeah. was wrestling. He used to have the whole show and results on his foot. And <laughs> while he was wrestling, the odd occasion, like, he'll go, AJ Styles will win tonight. And then it's like, what? And no one had bat an eyelid. Do you know what I mean? But it was, I think it was more for the, the lads. And, well, no, I say more for the lads, but I think it was more fun for him. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, mate, I didn't mean to impose on your no, story. No, no, no I'm, I'm, with you, I'm with you on that one. I mean, so, like, he literally came to came to the ring with just, like, a, a typical wrestler bag and got changed <laughs> while the match was going on. It was great. He literally jumped in, did a couple of things, and he's done. He, he wouldn't have been told anything about yeah, about what's happening in the match. Oh, I'll just jump in, do a couple of little bits. Yeah. We literally just got changed at ringside and the fans were falling all over themselves like it was the funniest thing in the world. And I'll chuck my hat on the ring on that one. I was absolutely creasing myself thinking, this is brilliant. He could he could do he could make you laugh without him trying to make you laugh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with, some people have just got it. You could literally ask you if you wanted a cup of tea and it would sound funny. They've just got that about them and I got I've met him a few times and gone up and said hello and all this sort of thing and yeah really really nice guy I can't say enough good stuff about him but I don't know anyone that would have anything bad to say about him one one match that really sticks out in my mind is him against me dad and the finish was a water fight and we, <laughs> it, it, it got shot in the eye with the water gun <laughs> right me dad and this this is the brilliant thing because in this business is you can't take take it serious there's too yeah. many people who take it serious like we did a show up in Burnley a couple of months ago didn't we and it's like there's two young lads there it was like it was drill and uh, one of his friends went out in a, a onesie and yeah. the young lads turned to me going I wouldn't do that I'm not making a dick out of myself and it's like oh obviously you're not going to get far in wrestling because drill drill right there he doesn't mind making an absolute tit of yourself and that's that's wrestling. We're like a massive circus, aren't we? Yeah, I think you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, we're running around in fake tan, baby oil, tan, your little trunks. I'm like, yeah. take me seriously. Come on, dude. Come on, just, just think think about it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I have loved professional wrestling since I can remember, since lately. Yeah, I was born in 84, so late 80s. Yeah, I mean, how, how old are you? I'm, I'm very old, mate. I'm very <laughs> old. 
Well, I had like an uncle that would get, would like tape me uh, whatever WWF at the time shows were on Sky. He'd tape me and just give them to me, and I'd just I'd watch him until the tapes were like onion skin thin. Like I'd just continually watch him, and I like I'm kind of in the same boat that if you're taking it, I mean obviously take the business in terms of being professional, looking after people's. Uh, safety, looking after the fan safety, I mean that sort of stuff you want to take seriously but in terms of your performance and things like that, if you can't you know, just let loose a little bit what's the point? What? I, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't get it, I'm kind of in the same mindset as you is, I don't see them getting far, now obviously we don't want an entire circus full of clowns I get yeah. it, because if wrestling's a circus you want to have your jugglers, you want to have your high wire acts, you want to have your clowns, you want to have your lion tamers. I get it, but also don't take yourself so seriously that, you, that it's no longer fun anymore. Well, that's it. I think there's a few people that we might know who try and kind of do take themselves that serious, and you can obviously tell that they don't enjoy it anymore. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you yeah. know what? You know, you know full well with me. And my dad, because my dad's, you know, coming to the latter years of his wrestling career, so he ju- he's just doing it for fun now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I think Keith's um, probably the best example we can give to people. Yeah, I mean, definitely. He, he's dressed, I know he's dressed as Deidre Barlow, he's dressed as Shawn Michaels, he's dressed as Santa. Yeah. And he's, what, like a 40-year-plus veteran? Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, if you're if Keith's down for doing this stuff, if he's down for dressing like Deidre Barlow, then there's no one on any roster that should be looking at and thinking, oh, I wouldn't catch me doing that. That's Great. it. That's it, mate. It's like, you know, so these young lads that I was on about, it, it just made me giggle. And I, I turned to him and just went, well, you're not going to get very far in life then, are you? If you're taking yourself. And the proper serious anyway. Because I don't want to mention most of the names that I'm saying today because I don't want it to turn into a shoot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Just little things like that. Well, you know full well with me working for you, Phil. I'll do anything you want me to do. <laughs> I, I might <laughs> quit. Those are the worst words you can say to a promoter. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. But, you know, I might question it and go, well, I don't know if... What about this? What about that? But yeah. nine times out of ten, I'll do everything that you say don't i yeah yeah i can't i can't for you i mean there's um there's an infamous uh vince mcmahon there's well there's a couple of vince mcmahon quotes that i kind of um use he won't ever ask you to do anything that he won't ask you to do himself that's it yeah yeah and i think that says a lot i mean we've seen him have have stink faces be kicked in the nuts by his wife by his kids he's almost broken his back uh, was it St. Valentine's Day Massacre coming off the top of the cage? Oh, God, on. yeah. Yeah, the, the announce table. <sighs> you know, if, if Vince is willing to do that stuff, then people down the line should follow suit. And I think that stands to reason, not just in the biggest company in the world, but in smaller companies and working men's clubs. And of course. Things like if I go, I've got this idea, I want you to dress <laughs> like Wurzel Gummidge. I, I know I'm going to get a certain kind of reaction, but I'm also going to give you a reason. So, you know, this is the reason behind it. This is what I think will happen. Because wrestling itself, it's it's a weird, weird business. You can take something that will work in one place, move it two miles down the road, and it, 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 people just sit on their hands. Yeah, of course. It's, it's like yeah, it's pure theory, isn't it? You go, I reckon this could happen 
if we do this. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's like one thing that I could use at pro wrestling for you, you know, so, something so simple I could take to, you know, a Burnley show or a Welsh show or anything like that. It, it'd just go down. Crap. You know what I mean? So yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So, so have you got any, so, I mean, so how long have, would you say you've been in the business for now? Um, well, obviously, I won't class that in working, but I've always been around the business, lucky enough with my dad from a young age. But wrestling-wise, I'd say 13, 14. But yeah. obviously, I had, I think, a year and a half out when I had my serious injury. Yeah. So, so for those that might not have been uh, sort of too clued up at that point, uh, give us a little brief sort of insight into that. What, the injury itself? or? Yeah, so like how did it occur? Um, how did you recover from it? Was was there a point that you thought I'm kind of done with wrestling when this injury uh, yeah, came about? Absolutely, mate. The, so basically, it was I think it was something like 2013. I think that's what's screaming out in my mind. And it, I was wrestling it. Um, what do you call it now? Bids. You remember oh, bids yeah. very well, didn't you? Um, oh, I, I remember it too well. I'm still yeah. scarred. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a nice little venue. I, I enjoyed it, especially for the fans. Um, but yeah, I know mental, really. <laughs> <laughs> so it was something simple. It's something that I've done a million and one times, right? So I sent sent the line into the corner, and I've gone through like a Daniel Bryan. That's for the younger fans. That's how I can explain it. But just a drop kick into the corner, and I must have this time hit it wrong come down straight on my shoulder, like pinpoint straight on my shoulder, vertically down. And yeah. I didn't realise I did anything at the time. So, you know, you know me, Phil, you know, like good old-fashioned wrestlers, <laughs> carried, <laughs> on for, carried on for 10 minutes, not realising why I couldn't lift my bloody left arm up. <laughs> like, And then I was lifting it up to swing a line at someone. So I was like, I, ta- I tagged my dad in. It's like, something wrong there. And lucky enough, as... As you know, uh, Tony, the referee, senior referee yeah. for Pro Wrestling for You, is actually uh, a nurse. So it was always handy because he was always our next door neighbour. So if anything was uh, up with us, we'd, you know, go for a private consultation. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, that, that sounds... Uh, I that know, one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, can you tell me what this is on here? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so lucky enough. Then I goes, Tony, and here I am with, you know, dislocated shoulder separated clavicle so just you know collarbone separated from um the other bone kind of thing and i went tony and i'm moving me on and around like in a circle going something not right here and then after i've done that tony's come over to me while my dad's still working in the match and he's gone yeah mind my language looks fuck that does <laughs> <laughs> and obviously my bone's sticking up out of my shoulder, and he goes, how the hell did you carry on then? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's hard to, without <coughs> like in person, but yeah, my bone, where my collarbone should be attached to my shoulder, it was actually up in the air. So, yeah, it wasn't very nice. So after that, finish the match as you do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll still... I'll still get the finish in. We're all right. <laughs> Adrenaline is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. 
fantastic. But when it ran out, mate, after when we got back, oh, yes. oh my god, I didn't cry or anything like that. It was just a panic in everyone else's ha- eyes. Joseph yeah. Connors was there. Do you know what I mean? So they rang an ambulance for me. Um, I never forget this, <laughs> right? And they, they've come. I'm, I've kind of fainted, slumped. Uh, so now I'm lying down from off the chair because I was feeling a bit sick. Just, to, yeah. you know, the adrenaline went. Um, so everyone's around me. The paramedics come and goes, hey, what's your name and stuff like that? And she goes, hey, we're going to try and put a little uh, bit of painkiller in for you. So she's got a needle uh, and she's trying to put some painkiller in, some morphine, I think it was. And uh, she's slapping me on going, she whispered into me ear and she goes, well, it wasn't whispering into my ear, sorry. She goes, excuse me, Ryan, do you take drugs? And me in a panic back then, and I hope my dad doesn't listen to this, I was trying to be as quiet as possible to, because my dad was right next to me. Again, dead upsetly, I went, I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that would affect me not having veins. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I ended up having it orally. <laughs> so and it, I tell you what she goes, it's going to taste horrible. But obviously, because I haven't drank or anything since I've done it, it's tasted so nice and I don't think it should have. So no, I've, I've had a oral morph before and that was disgusting. No, see, I, I think it, I just needed something. So just as we as we were leaving, they were going out to a, the Rumble, so like Joseph Connors, you know, the old crop of wrestlers from back then. Um, yeah, yeah. And me, super, like, as much pain as uh, I'm in, as much, like, upset I am, I make a joke out of everything, don't I? So I was like, lads, just be careful. Break a leg. <laughs> 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 they're just going, fucking hell, Ryan. So I sneak out through the door. <laughs> so that I, because I couldn't put, so you can imagine now, Phil, lift your arm up so it's like you're doing flies. Yeah. Me, I couldn't bring my arm down because every time I did it, I'd pop the the uh, collarbone up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I was walking out the venue, like walking past people, like with my arm up like this with the barrel. <laughs> and I, me, knowing me, like they go, Ryan, are you okay? I'm like, shut up and sit down. <laughs> so I'm still working him as I'm in pain. <laughs> so can you remember the car park uh, on bids? Yeah, it's just like a big. A gravel path with massive big holes and so yeah you imagine me being in the back of the ambulance when i've got keep me arm up oh god so every bump i felt i'm like ah <laughs> fucking bumps <laughs> like this then obviously <laughs> um, we were the worst people that could actually come up to with me was my mum and dad because you know my mum and dad didn't like the like my best mate so as yeah. I've got my shoulder up here, I can't move or anything. So, you know, the, the piss pot things that you use? Yeah, yeah. My mum yeah. started drawing faces on them and, like, making hats. And I couldn't move. I was like, I've had a bit of, like, morphine, so I'm a bit out of it as well. So they were just taking pictures of me while I've got, like, little <laughs> hats on. And I'm, like, me, I'm giggling, but I'm in pain as well. So stop making me try and, like, stop making me giggle and stuff. And so I didn't realise the two hours straight they were trying to get me shoulder back in um so i was you know under for at least about two hours my mum and dad were saying and apparently they could hear me screaming from like the other end of the hospital i couldn't remember anything because obviously they sedated me and stuff like that um 
after that, uh, yeah, went home and the worst thing I could possibly do, I was so paranoid, Phil, so I wouldn't lie down, I wouldn't sleep, so for, well, for about six months solid, I was sleeping downstairs, um, sat up. Obviously, that wasn't good because it wasn't healing properly. Yeah. So it healed, like, still to this day, I struggle getting muscle on my shoulder. Um, my shoulders healed forward. So my posture's a little bit bad. And mentally, yeah. mentally, I'm not even joking, mate, I did not want to come back and wrestle. I was, I fell out of love with it. So when my dad would go, oh, no, just... I struggle with it anyway, going to a show when I'm not on it, but obviously yeah. when I was in that much pain. I think I did one show um, where I come out with my dad uh, and Alistair Black was on it. Quite. Can you remember HXC? Uh, yeah, in the uh, Manchester over 18 show. Yeah, uh, and I come out with my dad there. And yeah, that's the one show I did all in the time frame. And it, I think I was out for about... A year, year and a half, and obviously my dad was like, "Come on, you need, you need to come back it's yeah. now or never, now or never." I was still going back playing football a little bit because obviously I wasn't landing on it until I landed on it really bad. As I've gone up for an edit and gone, yeah. "Oh, that wasn't too bad." Let's because tr- obviously wrestling's a lot more physical and you got more yeah. chance of actually hitting it again. And I went to a happened to go to a BWP show for Sacks. And my dad was on it, and my dad goes, get in the ring, let's sit, do a few bumps. And, you know, Dill Roberts? Yeah. Uh, he must have asked my dad, uh, my dad must have asked him to ask me to get in the ring to do some bumps, because it was different with my dad, you know what I mean? I needed yeah. someone that could go, no, just do it, you, you pussy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just <laughs> kind of like that, and I did it then. I was still worried after, you know, psychologically thought I was in pain when I wasn't. Yeah. So then we did a show in Birmingham and did a training session with my dad and stuff like that with Blondie Barrett and the promoter come up to me after, obviously knew that I wrestled for about eight, seven years before that. He goes, can you do the show tonight? One of the wrestlers has kind of not turned up. I was like, obviously I'm going, fuck, shit, 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 shit. I don't know if I can do it because I'm still panicking. You know what I mean? Until yeah. my dad goes, a bit like my language. My dad goes, don't be a pussy. Just do it. <laughs> and I ended up doing it. And from then, Phil, back into wrestling because I was like, God, doesn't even bother you. <laughs> Sorry for that. That was, that was a little story. We, we, well, we want stuff like that. We want stuff that people wouldn't necessarily hear about in people's actual... Uh, thoughts and feelings on it there. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, it just, it just kind of shows you just like what this business is kind of made up of. Yeah, people, it's all you know, handshakes and hot dogs. We're, we're, we're our own biggest fans and our own biggest enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is, it, it, it's, it's a mental, mental thing. I mean, I've uh, I recently did a, po- a podcast with Magic Mark, and I know I've told you this story before. But just to show the sort of mental side, I'll very quickly just obviously tell our listeners. Uh, it would have been 2007, 2008. I got put on shows very, very early as a manager. I'm quite gobby. Put me in a suit. I can be, you know, I, can, I can be a big, big as an idiot as, uh, as anyone. So shows very early for BWA. And 
Went out there in a typical all-black suit, did a couple of shows, started feeling good, upgraded to a very light grey suit. I'm, I'm going I'm to get a spray tan. I've seen people on TV, everyone on TV is tanned. I'm going to get a spray tan, I'm going to get a light grey suit. <laughs> Can and, I just say how that spray tan that I saw you with, oh my, I've never seen, it, was it <laughs> Beresford as well? Yeah. I've yeah, never seen two, yeah. you look like two bloody... Uh, uh, Satsumas, you were terrible. It was. Oh my well, we, god. We, we we did it earlier in the day. I mean, when I went up to this uh, place in Hanley, and uh, this woman sprayed us both. And you, once you get sprayed, you have to just stand off to the side. So <laughs> we kind of stood like we've been shot with our arms up in these little paper underpants while she sprays the next one of us. So you know, in about four hours, you'll need to wash it off, otherwise it'll just keep on developing. And we're like, well, we're at a show, so this is about 12 o'clock, so <laughs> by four we wanted to be at the show anyway, so there's no way we get a chance to leave. Oh, we'll be fine, it'll be fine. And he just carried on developing for the rest of the day. <laughs> if you look at the footage of when we come out during, this, during the match in the first half and during the rumble in the second half, yeah, I there's 45 <laughs> minutes difference, we're... We're luminous. I'm pretty certain at one point we're powering the room's lights. It's that, it's that. <laughs> I think you were, mate. <laughs> but um, just as like a bit of a backtrack a little bit. So, grey suit, enjoyed during the match. A fan chucks a bottle of water at my crotch. <laughs> Hits me, goes everywhere, and it looks like I've wet myself. And I'm distraught. I'm maybe four matches, five matches in of my career at this point. And I'm nervous. I don't know how to respond to this. So I'm like trying to untuck my shirt and cover it up. People are laughing at me. They're pointing at me, taking pictures. And I, at that point, I didn't know how to take it. I'm just nervous. Luckily, the match finished about a minute, minute and a half later. I get in the back and um, it was your dad. Your dad sat me down and just made me realise this. And that's the point. It's not about you. It's about the fans. It's about making them happy. It's about giving them um a good time, a good show. So go back out, and even though you're feeling a bit crap like crap now, make a song and dance about it. I was like, oh, okay, fine, okay, whatever. Keith says it, okay, fine. And I was ready to, I was ready to kind of pack my stuff and go at this point. But I was like, no, no, I'm gonna. Uh, Keith says, Keith says it. I'm, I'm gonna go do it. I went walking out, went through the curtain. People are laughing, they're pointing, and I, I, I'd keep in the back of my head. I'm like, oh. Okay, you get nothing. Everyone, look, look what you've done. Pointing at my crotch, like I wet myself, showing people that couldn't see. And it was just getting low, yeah, lots and lots of laughs. And it was like a penny dropping kind of moment. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I get it, I get it. And then at the end of the show, people wanted pictures with me. And by this point, it, it dried, so I had to kind of re wet my trousers and. There's like pictures out there of me just not knowing what I'm doing, but I'm stood next to these fans looking all sad with a big wet crotch. Uh, just like going, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. But it was that thing of being your own worst enemy, getting out of your own head. Yeah. Once you can do that, you're like, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Well, I, I that's exactly in a nutshell wrestling, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it's like, yeah exactly. That's why... Little things that I do, you know, the trip over the rope. There's no need for me to do it, but I do it anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, 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 I always look at it like your little uh, cherry on the cake because the match has ended. You've, whether you've won, whether you've lost, you'll, you'll always chuck that in anyway. And I think that says a lot about you. That you're like, no, no, I want to give him just one bit more. Just one bit yeah, more. Yeah, because I don't, I don't care about making myself look stupid. I really don't. Do you know what I mean? I'm stupid yeah. looking, so I might as well 
do the stupid things to go with it. You know what I mean? Well, I think that, that like you said, that's wrestling in a nutshell. Once you're comfortable with not looking, like you don't mind looking a bit silly sometimes, that's the, the world you're oyster. You can do anything. You go, you know what? Change my music halfway while I'm down the, uh, the entranceway to, to Barbie Girl. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think we've yeah, even... get some heat from that. We've even talked about that, haven't we? Yeah. I, something I think... along the lines of that. And it's, you know what? That's absolutely part and parcel of what, what I do. Do stuff like that. I love comedy. I really do. But I like comedy in the sense of, like, so it's funny on me and funny to other people, but not, yeah, you, not you've funny got to, to me. A, you've got to have a straight face. Being a bad guy doing this stuff, if you start laughing along with it, then it ruins it. Yeah. Whereas if you're the bad guy and you've got this, I think probably William Regal, William Regal's probably my go-to because he had such a straight face while he was drinking oh, yeah. cups of tea with wee in it. And <laughs> there's one where he dressed like a Las Vegas showgirl. Oh, that's it, yeah. Fishnets and and high heels, and he did it with such a straight face that people were crying. And I think you've you've got like an echo of that about you. Like, no, no, no. It's going to be the fans all love this, and you've got to give yourself a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Thank so, um, so talking about matches, if you if I was to kind of uh, sort of twist your ear a little bit and say, okay, so say if tomorrow you retired, and say, you know what, for whatever reason, whether it's uh, an ill health thing, whether it's a choice thing, whether it's a monetization thing, whatever, yeah. if you're retiring tomorrow, and someone said to you, okay, give us two matches of yours that sum you up that you think you know what i either the crowd are really into it you enjoyed the venue enjoyed the promotion you enjoyed the opponents give us two examples you go i am proud of this one and this one right god you're making me think a bit now philip what are you <laughs> um i didn't say this would be an easy podcast no 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 close but you know i've had that many bloody matches so one of them, it wasn't my favourite venue or anything like that, but my favourite opponent and match uh, was Robbie X. And that was like when he was first starting, I wasn't far into the wrestling. Do you know what I mean? But I wrestled Robbie X in Sheffield. And it was in, Jer- can you remember Jerry Norton? Um, The name is about. Promote yeah. it. It's like, all right there, boy. Proper farmer. Like that. And uh, he used to have like it. How big is the ring ring that you use at Pro Wrestling for you? Uh, that's 16 foot. Right, it must have been 10 foot, 12 foot at the most. Wow. Yeah, so it was tiny. There's actually videos on YouTube of the match. And you know what? I injured myself halfway through, but up until then, I absolutely loved working Robbie because he was just so easy. And obviously, he was just starting out as well because I like to think when I wrestle people, is uh, my trademark is kind of, instead of being selfish with myself, is making other people look good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I I kind of, like, enjoy that part of it. It's a bit like, a bit like my dad's never been on top or anything like that, but he was the kind of person back in the day that you, you put against to get someone over. Yeah. Are you with me? So, I think the Robbie Robbie X one was up there. Obviously, the matches with my dad and stuff like that, I think, recently, one of my favourites is, uh, Obviously, pull all the ones against my dad aside because some of them bloody brilliant. One at yours, pro wrestling for you, and absolutely kicked the hell out of him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I enjoyed that because all the way through is 
I was beating on him, spitting at him, slapping him until it come to that. Because no one else probably would have understood what I was getting at because I, with me, I like putting matches together where they mean something psychologically. Yeah. Not just throwing moves in for the sake of it. So it was kind of like uh, it got to the middle, well, towards the end. And it was obviously my dad's fire up because he wouldn't hit me because I'm his son. Uh, and I slapped him as hard as I could. No reaction. And he was like, why? Like, you know what I mean? And then I spat in his face and it doesn't matter if you're family or not. And obviously spitting is horrible, but it means yeah. something when it needs to mean something. Does that yeah, make sense? I think, I think um, if I've got my sort of dates and details correct, I think that's press and fuse. We want you. It was May, year before last, 2017, 2018. I can't, I can't think for life on which one it is, but... Yeah, and there's a, there's a good solid seven, eight minutes where Keith doesn't retort at all. He doesn't get a shot in. He doesn't get anything at all in. And the uh, the camera catches perfectly when you spit on him. Because Did you spit on him while he was in the crowd? Yeah, it, I, well, I got a bit sort of drunk someone's pint and psh, yeah. straight in his face, yeah. And uh, there's a bit where you can literally see in his face he kind of, I don't want to say hulks up, but he's just kind of, okay, enough's enough. Yeah. And, like, it was it was so well done. I mean, so many of the wrestlers were at the curtain watching that match. I mean, Geordie uh, Stew, I mean, he was there watching it through the curtain, and he said that was probably one of the best matches uh, he's ever seen live because it was personal, it meant something, um, and you could just tell what was happening. Just, it was milking the crowd, because I know we kind of made a joke about milking earlier. And, yeah. Whatever, but that's what it was. It was just the crowd going, Come on, can you come on? Come on, let him, please let him. You know he's your son, you know he's your son. And you keep building up this resistance so that when he did, it was one, I think I was at the back of the room at this point. It was kind of a gasp and then a cheer, wasn't it? Yeah, such a loud noise. It was crazy, really, really crazy. Just crying like, Yes, finally. And then he starts laying into you. (laughs) God, I knew it. Yeah, the crowd are right there with him, like every step of the way. It was such a really good, um, uh, really good moment. If, if people are listening to this, I'm sure we'll get that match up on Person View YouTube uh, for free to watch. Uh, we'll try to do that in the next couple of days at youtube.com forward slash Person View. We'll get that one up for you. Because that, yeah. that, for me, is up there in my Mount Rushmore Person View matches. That's it, up there. Yeah, but, but, but it doesn't, it's not like you say a wrestling clinic. Everything was done psychologically. So, you know, if if you really hate each other, you do kick the hell out of each other. Like, my dad had work the next day because, you know, my dad still works because he's one of them. Yeah. He's 61 now and he's works seven yeah. days a week and he's a hard worker. Uh, July, I think that's about right. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And he's one of those hard workers. So he went to work the next day with bruises all over his cheeks and everything like that because we put it in, I think... Sugar Duncanson was on the show. Yeah. And we got backstage and he go, he asked, he like turned to my dad and goes, is that your son? Like this? He goes, yeah. He goes, I think, and Sugar Duncanson said, I hate to see what he'd do to someone that he didn't like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And he was just amazed. He was like, I think he actually took a picture for his Instagram. I think yeah. it was with us, us in it. And it was, you know, little things like that. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, mate, I could because I know like you face your dad a, a good sort of two, three times on my shows. I think that's yeah. right, right. And I think that was 
if I remember right, was that the last one? No, I think that was the second to last. Yeah, yeah, because I think there was a stipulation on the third one that if he didn't win, uh, he was going to retire. So yeah, yeah, that was the second one, so it would have been... Yeah, I think it was May 2008, 2019? No, 2000... Oh, I don't know. I'll have to, to double-check on that one, but yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get, the, get, definitely get that match up on the YouTube channel for free to watch, because it, it, was, it was a thing of beauty. It was just really good, really personal... Because there's not that many people that can do that kind of match where you go, okay, these two are legit father and son. Yeah, you can you say, know what? Yeah. You could, my dad can still go at 60. Do you know what I mean? He, I think after the ma- matches after that, he kind of got his own back on me. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> he kicked the hell. He's got a really good... Um, like I've overheard kind of keep talking to some like young talent backstage, and that's the thing I've seen him do for... God, you know, however long I've known him and I've been at shows with him, he's always you know, trying to help out the young talent. And just one thing he always tells them: start slow and get slower. Yeah. Which I think I think it's fantastic because that's just showing them you haven't got to go a million miles an hour. Just if you want to be in this business a long time, you haven't got to kill yourself the first five minutes. That's crazy. You got you got to make everything mean something. Yeah. So if you're doing a 450, lead everything up to that 450. If you do it at the yeah, start of the match, then everything else looks cack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you've got to milk it. Again, I know it comes back to that, but I think that's just a really good way of looking at it. Like Movies do it. You know what I mean? They always have the, the, the good guy held down for so long, so long, so long, and then he gets the big win right at the end. I mean, Karate mean, Kids has done it. Exactly. It means something, doesn't it? It's like yeah. it... Do you know what, like, talking about favourite matches and stuff like that, obviously the ones with my dad, enjoyable, but I'd say the Robbie X one, and I'm going to surprise you now. Um, do you know when we did, and I, obviously, you know, I've done hundreds, thousands of matches, um, but, and I don't want to blow any smoke up his bum or anything like that, but do you know uh, Burnley Show? Yeah. The one that I did with Tom. Oh, yeah. Because, do you know why I really enjoy, like, I think it's a bit like my dad, to be honest. I, I like to mentor a little bit. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you can definitely see that you enjoy that side of it. I, I don't know if you see it how we see it, but, like, to just stand back and watch you, you know, talking to, I mean, Tom or Jack Nudson, as, as uh, the listeners might know him as. Yes, uh, yeah. Young, young talent, very, very bright guy. He's, he's got the world of it at his feet. What is he, 18, 19? 18, yeah. Same with Connor as well. Um, and, yeah, exactly. And these guys, they're, they're, they're so humble. They're not like some of the other 18... Obviously, I'm not going to name names, but they're not like some of the other 18, 19-year-olds in this business. Like you mentioned at the start of the show, they're like, oh, you won't catch me doing that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just guys that, like, give us, give us opportunity. We will try anything. And, and they're the, so yeah, respectful, aren't they? They're yeah. so respectful. They're willing to learn. You know, they're not 100% there, but if they've got someone like yourself, me, my dad to, to learn under, then it's like when we wrestled at Burnley, we got... Because what I try to do is, it doesn't matter if I'm the best wrestler there. I'm not going on performance. If we get the loudest reaction throughout the night, that's the key for me. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. I don't... I want yeah. my work to look at least decent. But on both of them nights for the Unstoppable Wrestling, um, 
up in Burnley. Mine and Tom's match got the loudest reaction, and mine and my dad's at the end got the loudest reaction. And for me, that's that's all you can do. And with Tom, basically why it was is he, he was... I've, I've done a series of matches with him which I've enjoyed, but haven't made sense because it's like I've done him at like training shows and stuff like that yeah. with him to make him look good. And I was doing things that he wanted to do, you know, because, you know, I, I just wanted to make him look as good as possible. But it was the first time at Unstoppable after about three or four matches of us having where I could, I was heel and not good guy, good guy. And I could go to him, no, listen to me. This is what we're doing. And he tried to put so many things. What about this here? What about that there? I'm like, Tom, honestly, believe in me, mate. You, you need three or four little points, uh, A, B, C, and D. Don't mind if we hit them all, but as long as we've got them, the match will go down brilliantly. And it did. Do you know what I mean? And it was one of the most enjoyable ones. That, that's the thing. Like, I mean, me and you've been in the wrestling locker rooms for yeah, over, a, over a decade each. We've, we've been around all... I mean, this business invites all sorts of people, all sorts of performers. Um, and you will tend to find the more younger talent tends to want to put 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah. Definitely. And you just go, no, no, just, just, just come back a little bit. You've not got to kill yourself each and every time. You haven't got to put in moves. You can take some moves out, put in some facial expressions, put exactly. in some hand gestures, put in some work in the crowd. It's, Keeping points off of your bump card because everyone's got a bump card. Yeah. You know, you, your body's only got can only take so much. And if they want to use 40, 50 bumps off their bump card in one match in front of 20, 30 people, you're not really saving much for the rest of your career. You know, it's yeah. just just stick a couple in and make them make them mean more. It's quality over quantity. That's it, Phil. Because when I, you know, when I do a big bump or anything like that, it's it means something. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's the point in bumping, 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 and then when it comes to it, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's already been knocked down about 10, 15 times before that. It's going to the big the big finish, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like the Ric Flair thing. Ric Flair yeah. does it. I know he did it in every match and stuff like that, but it meant something. Well, yeah, and the thing is, people paid to see that. I know like um, some people, they, they knock Ric Flair for having quite a similar match with a lot of people. Yeah, you could pick out Ric Flair bumps, um, and chances are you pick a match any day of the week that he's been on, and chances are he's probably put them in. He does his uh, corner spot. He does his... Um, uh, front, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, his front bump, like it's kind of like a drunken stagger into a bump. Just the backdrop. But it was it was the same every time, but it was different every time. It's a different order. It's a different point in the match. And for the people that want to knock him for doing those similar spots, there was more, you know, ten times that one person that paid to see them spots. Well, you know what? It all led up to. Can you remember um, him and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania? Yeah. He went up for that spot, but he actually hit a crossbody. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, it all, oh, he's going to miss it, he's going to miss it. And he, he left it for that certain point to mean something. So yeah. he finally actually hit that's, it for it to mean something. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so we've kind of gone through matches. We've kind of gone uh, through your history and where, where you come from, who you are outside of this ring. Uh, now, I know, because I've been around you enough, you are quite a pranker. 
I said the word carefully. Don't you worry. I didn't say it carefully. <laughs> I'll go see you. Because you're not necessarily like a, a physical pranker. Like you won't um, put like a bottle of water on top of a door and like fall on someone. You wouldn't necessarily do that. I think because you've got such a straight face, such as when you, you do your comedy in the ring, you do your straight face. Yeah. I think um, you kind of wind people <laughs> up a little bit. Basically, yeah. So <laughs> it's terrible because like, this is what I'm like in like my home life, my weight life, and stuff like that. So I'm I'm kind of mentally so I like winding two people up, and I know it sounds really bad and I shouldn't, but like working two people off against each other <laughs> for my own amusement. Do you know what I mean? So like say you come to your, your show or anything like that. Me me dad's the easiest to wind up. With Mark yeah. Morgan, it's like a Dad, fucking hell, Mark, Mark's just been right bad mouth than you. <laughs> fucking hell, he has it. Fucking twat, he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, same with Mark. I was like, Mark, honestly, my da- dad says you're fucking terrible worker. And, and Mark's terrible wind-up merchant. But I, we did, uh, there was a show in Wrexham the other, God, a couple of months ago now, and I, I just went to watch Show Me Face, and Pyro was on it. Yeah. And it was him in the main event, and my dad was refereeing at the time for Welsh wrestling. And they wouldn't have thought of this, so I went up to him while they were talking the match through. Obviously, my dad's still in there for still in the ring with another match. I was like, "Can you put a series of quick counts in there? Because you know how my dad's knees are gone." <laughs> so I'm not even joking. It must have been about 30 seconds where my dad had to go up, down, up, down, up, down. <laughs> And you can see the giggle. I'm watching this, and he's come, he's come back out, and he said, "You bloody bastards!" Like this, and they all went, it "Wasn't us, Keith? It was your son." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, "Oh god, oh god!" There's loads of little pranks. Here. I'm terrible when it comes to pranks, Phil, because I am I'm just more of a wind-up merchant. I think I think, I'm, this, I think this one thing that kind of me and you also kind of um, we see eye to eye on because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of my pranks as well. I love just kind of like like you said, tell two people something, stand back and just watch it explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So we're man, we've got to a bit in this podcast. I'm going to be asking everyone like different segments of the podcast so rather than just um, asking you about you. I kind of want to get your view on some big topics that have gone on in the wrestling world because uh, i think we're all pretty we're all pretty opinionated on on things that have gone on in the business and i think we've all got you fairly strong you don't really meet someone in wrestling that said no 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 i'm, I'm going i'm going to keep my opinions to myself yeah that just doesn't that just doesn't happen we're like we're all let opinionated. Me tell, yeah it's like oh where did you hear about such and such let me tell you and then you just <laughs> find them up and watch them go i think that's probably the best way of putting it so i'm going to ask you a couple of questions um about the sort of wrestling business, our little round table discussion. So you up for this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. sorry if I bad mouth anyone. <laughs> fine, so these these are all kind of like WWE ones. Oh, that's and, fine, man. That's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, main, we'll get main, to that after. Yeah, mainstream wrestling. So first one I've got to ask you, because it's uh, been very much in the media recently, because with the dark side of the ring being on, uh, does Chris Benoit belong in the WWE Hall of Fame? Oh, see, so, that's hard, isn't it? It, it, it? It's a hard one because I, I watched it just the other day, actually. And it's like, obviously, what he did was wrong. And obviously, 
they say, like, the media was saying it was roid rage and stuff like that, but I think it was more the case of the concussions and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And towards the end, I think it wasn't that person. Obviously, it was because he did it, but in his own mental state, I don't think it was him as a person. Everyone said that in the interview. But then, what do you do? Like, Jimmy Snooker's in there, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And obviously, he did. I've got, we've got to say allegedly. Come on, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not getting in trouble for this one, but allegedly, yeah, he's 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 Made had some issues with. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a difficult one because his body of work is second to none, isn't it? Yeah, but then obviously when you do something like this, um, I asked someone this. He wasn't on a podcast, but obviously I wanted you to be my first uh, sort of podcast person. Oh, well, I, asked someone, I popped your cherry then. No, you have indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but I asked someone just off the cuff. I don't know if it's the missus or something. And um, whoever it was, actually it might not have been the missus, but she said, well, it's like saying, well, Hitler was a nice guy because he was kind to his dog. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I kind of get it. That probably sums it up. I mean, it's a yeah. shame. I'll tell you what, it's a shame because you know, with his body of work, and it's like, uh, who was it who last said it on the interview, saying about oh Chris Jericho, if he knew that after all this, he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame or his body of work would have just been scrapped, he wouldn't have done it because he lived for the wrestling, didn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, so. To answer your, your question, body of weight should, but no, you yeah. can't glorify a killer, can you? Exactly. I, I think, think, that's Nan- I think Nancy down. should. Nancy should yeah. be a Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's one thing that people never mention enough. So, like, she she was a pioneer in this. I mean, she definitely belongs in there. But, again, same with that. The Herver and Ducks are... They're going to have to tread so lightly. Yes, and it's like, what do you do? So it's probably best if they don't, but it would be nice if they did. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, give her, like, an honourable mention, because they always have, like, the class themselves, and then honourable mentions, so... Yeah. I think, yeah, that, that would be nice. That that would be a nice tribute to, to Nancy as well. So next roundtable question for you. Uh, Montreal Screwjob. So again, we're kind of sticking with that sort of dark side of the ring kind of uh, kind of theme. So, uh, who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? So should Bret Hart drop the the title to Shawn Michaels? Everything was a work. Uh, oh, okay. All of it was a work. Sorry, because Vince McMahon would not let Bret Hart carry on. They would have just cut it there and then to go WCW with his actions. There was no chance. It was all all the work. I think Bret Hart was going anyway. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know if you've heard any of Bret Hart's podcasts and stuff like that. He used to create co- controversy. He yeah. Wanted, do you know I what I mean? Agree. I think it's all the work. I really do. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't expect that answer. I had like a rough guess where I thought you were going to go with it, but you, you've thrown me a bit of a curveball there, Ryan. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> See, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, it's, an, it's an interesting point. There's, there's enough there to support every theory. There's a so, cam- yeah. cameras in the back watching it. Nah. Doesn't sit right yeah. with it. I think, I think it was all done as a work. I really okay. do. So, uh, third and final roundtable question before we get into the quickfire ones. So, does mainstream wrestling need 
a summer holiday, a break, an off time. If, if you want to compare me to what we do, obviously, here in Stoke, Potter's Fortnite, if we're going to go back yeah. uh, a bit old school, just mainstream wrestling needs an off season. Uh, not necessarily, but I, I'm thinking from a worker's point of view, it would be nice, wouldn't it? I, I think so. I mean, obviously, uh, with yourself, with me, some some you know, some months we'll have maybe four, five, six, seven shows that we're on. Well, we'd be probably be considered weekend warriors. I think that's probably about right. Whereas yeah. WWE guys and girls, they're on the road for up to 300 days a year, probably doing 200 to 250 matches. Yeah. I mean, is, is there something that they could do where it's not necessarily um, an off-season? I mean, is two weeks enough of an off-season? See, that, you know, to be fair, I'm with you on it. The, the, the workers themselves deserve it, but you know yourself, like when, obviously, we're in this pandemic at the moment, aren't we? And yeah. when people go back, the bumps and stuff like that are going to hurt so much. So you're actually... <laughs> You're actually better off just like I've I've enjoyed it a little bit to have the time off, but now I'm starting to ache a little bit more. I know that sounds mad, but like my dad feeling his knees and stuff like that. He did the decorating the other day, so like, oh, I couldn't even get up off like off my knees to pick myself up, and it was like it's because he stopped going. Yeah, and I think that's the case. I think if you've got them breaks and intervals in between, I think. You, you're more likely to get hurt than just doing it every day. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. It's um, like, yeah, <laughs> slow, it's slowing down and stopping. I mean, I mean there, there could be an argument for, for for both, you know. I mean, in terms of... Cause it's, it's the bumps that are hurting people. It's the wear and tear on the neck, the, the elbows, the back, the knees. Um whether it be a case of taking them off TV, but say, look, move down to Florida, go down to where the performance center is, so still work out, but you're not on the road in airports and cramped and airplane seats and cars and things like that. So maybe there's a halfway house yeah. kind of vibe that they, that they could look into. Right, yeah, no, I'm with you. It's Like I say, it's just a bloody hard one, isn't it? Because it's like... You stop working, you feel more achy. You carry on working and you feel achy. Do you know what I mean? There was an interview with, um, with Triple H, I think it was. I think Steve Austin was interviewing him for one of his podcasts. Yeah. And um, I think Triple H was doing like two or three matches per year. So I think he did a Rumble and then he did WrestleMania. I can't remember which year it was. And then he did the podcast with Steve. And he said like two days after that match at WrestleMania or the match at Royal Rumble, he couldn't walk because he's suited and booted. You know, he's uh, walking around, he's in offices, he's in meetings. He's not yeah. wrestling. But as soon as he goes back to it, he's aching like anything. So, nice. yeah, I think there's definitely something there that if you slow down, could have a bit of a detrimental effect. I think so. Um, but then I can see both points of views on that. I really can't. Yeah. I mean, whether, whether we could get to a point where even if they're still doing their Monday Night Raws, their AEW shows, their whatever company and all this sort of stuff, um, non-physical roles. So yeah. even if you're there at the show, do you, do you have to see people wrestle every show? I mean, oh, I, I don't mean, know. promos for me, like, I mean, I've always been a promo guy. I mean, 
it's, we, we love promos here in the West. Whenever we have, say, Japanese stars or Mexican stars, people that don't necessarily speak English terribly well, like a, a Nakamura, anyone like this, a lot of the luchadors, they get over pretty well for their wrestling. Yeah. There's no promo to back it up. And I think with that being such a strong suit for what it is that we go after in the West, maybe there's there's an argument that could be said, okay, so you're going to wrestle for this many weeks leading up to a pay-per-view, and then after that point, you're just going to be talking on the show. Small promos. So you'll still be there, you're still going to do the travelling, but you're going to cut down on the bumps, you're going to be talking a little bit. But then, if if you're talking about this in a mainstream stamp, is... You watch Raw, and half of that's bloody promos, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Before all this happened, it was promos for the first bloody two hours of the show, and it's like... But then people get bored of that, don't they? So you've got to think of the, f- the fans in that sense as well. Well, maybe... Um, so the, the people that don't get used as much, they fill in in the meantime. So the wrestlers that aren't on every shows, maybe they could kind of step up a little bit and take mm-hmm. on the physical sides. I mean, there could be something there. I love the term Potter's Fortnite. I, got, I had to get the Stokies reference in. Of really course. Um, I suppose you haven't actually called one of your moves the Potter's Fortnite. Ooh. You know, I mean, there's something there, because you've really, you really got your triple headbutt, uh, yeah. which is obviously called your Eddie Tilly Busts, which if you listen to this and you're not from Stoke, and you think Eddie Tilly Bust sounds weird. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> It's part of a Stokey phrase that um, people can. Kind you, of use can you say that. the the Stokey phrase? I can't say it's the same, but that's what my dad kick kick a bow. Yeah, so it's a cost kick a bow against a woe and Eddie till it busts. I cannot say it's an I'm from Stoke. <laughs> We've um, got a really common accent though, haven't we? Like, hey, I'm, I'm dreading hearing my voice back on this podcast. Like, I'm, I'm, I uh, won't we'll be able to listen to it, but we're going to have to, obviously, but it is what it is. I, I did a poc- podcast with <laughs> Tom Baker. Yeah. Is it Think Wrestling? Lovely lad he is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's one of the first po- like, podcasts that I've done. Obviously, looking at yourself as well is terrible. Lucky enough, i just come back from Bloody Holiday, so I was like nice and tanned, so wasn't too bad. But listening to myself back on that, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, re- like obviously I sound nasally because yeah. of how many times I broke my nose because it's all your fault, Phil. Um, <laughs> but all, all the times I broke my nose, I can only breathe out of one nostril, so I sound like ah yeah yeah, sound like a scouter. The, the Stokey accent doesn't do us any justice. Like um, I was working in an office sometime last year, and they had Jeremy Kyle on, and I, I tune out anyway. Because um, oh, I'm not watching it, whatever. But then I heard that stoky nasal voice, like oh, you just sends a shiver down your back. And like, I am. My name's uh, Steve, and I'm from Stoke. It's like, oh God, Stoke, Stoke. Oh. <laughs> we have got a we have got a strange accent because we sound a bit Scouse, we sound a bit Birmingham, we sound a bit this, bit that, bit the. We're like we're like mongrels you know what I mean we were a bit of everything yeah, well, we're that's, you, you could not explain people from Stoke any better than mongrels <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> oh, brilliant God. I'm going to use that in my promo next time I wrestle when we can uh, finally wrestle again mongrels yeah. I like it you just get the entire word in don't shorten it that's all I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> of course not well in the line of work that I work 
I can't really be saying that, can I, Philly? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I don't use that term. Well, there has been people that have used that term before on shows, whether it be my shows or others that we've happened to have been at. And it is one of those things that people say and they haven't quite realised and you kind of... Sometimes, Phil, words do pop out. I must admit. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I get it. Like, I don't expect people to kill themselves over their mistakes, but I do expect them to justify them and make up for them. Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of stories that I could tell, but we're getting into the latter stages of the the uh, podcast now, so I, I won't go back. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we'll save that for... We'll do, like, Ryan Myers, you know, part two sometime, I'm sure, because you're a guy that's always got stuff to say, so I'm sure doing a part two and part three aren't going to be terribly difficult. I tell you what, wait until you get me dad on this. Lucky enough, you don't know how bloody works Skype, but oh my God. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to do it early in the morning when me OD is at uh, work. It'd be at least a four or five hour. Oh God. I'm well, that prob- Go on. on. You hey, probably on. heard all the uh, the road stories already. Back well, in I'll, my day, yeah. I used to wrestle with Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the hats off to him. Like he, he, the old man has done, he's done a lot. And the, oh, the cool God. thing is, he continues to do a lot. That's the best thing. He's not sat on his laurels. He's not like just coming out, quitting the five-second promo and leaving. He's getting stuck in. He's yeah. advertised. Like Keith's got such a good grasp on social media promotion. Now, yeah, there'll be better people out there than now to target markets and all this sort of stuff. But in terms of promoting his matches, promoting the shows, getting people, getting bums in seats, there's a lot of younger guys that have been brought up on social media that don't do even a quarter of what you, what the old man does. And we both know the people we mean. We're just not going to name them. I'm, but... I'm not very good at social media. You know what? I really aren't, I'll be honest. So I've got the, you know, as we'll come to it later on, the My Legacy page and the Instagram do I know how to bloody use it? My missus has to help me with most of it, if I'm honest. Well, it, it, it's a learning curve, though, isn't it? It's, I mean, if your dad had, you know, coming up to 61, if he can learn, you know, there's not really any excuses for younger people that have been brought up on it. Like, if a 60-year-old doesn't know how to use social media, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, they're 60 years old. But yeah. if people who have been brought up in this technology age, there's no reason to not know how to send a tweet like my missus doesn't know how to send a tweet I had to show it earlier today i mean she's 28 she's going on 29 I've i'm got sorry a... i'm sorry I'm the, same, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same age as the missus aren't i so i do not know how to use twitter oh, i'm not gonna lie mine's mine's just one of them things i've kind of got to for progressing for you i mean if a mainstream com- i don't call this mainstream company we're a fairly well-known British indie wrestling company. But if we didn't know how to use social media, it would, we'd kind of look a bit dopey. Yeah, I know, you know, I know we, what you mean. Yeah, if we're there going, oh, we're going to open up a Bebo, does Bebo even exist? Oh, my like, God. Right, Bebo and MySpace, can you remember that? So MySpace, yeah, Bebo, no. Can you not remember Bebo? I've never had it. I, I just oh. didn't see the point. You were too old for that, I think. <laughs> Uh, but I'm Bebo, 35, dude. I'm 35. I don't know if many people know this, but you'll have to mention this to your missus after. Basically, every day you'd be hounding people on Facebook just for them to give you a love on Bebo. And, 
and you'd have these love hearts, right? I know we're going completely off topic here, <laughs> but you have these love hearts, and obviously, the more you've got, the more popular you are. This is when I was at school, Phil, so when you were about 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bebo, man. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purposefully <clears throat> not tell people the, the, the finger story with you. Even though you're being mean, I'm not going to tell people that little story about you. What finger? I'm lost. The lady with the big teeth? Ah, yes. Well, <laughs> no, actually, Stuffy, that, that, that's what this podcast is about. I'm going to glance over no. the story. For an hour solid, I've been like holding me swearing and not saying at all. You bugger. If I knew this at the start, we're definitely doing a second one because <laughs> I am not having this. Go on, you tell okay, it to I'm, me. I don't I'm, care. I'm, I'm going to very quickly glance over this story. So, ladies, don't ladies and gents. Don't say any names. I'm not going to say names. I won't say names. I promise you won't say names. <laughs> so, ladies and gents, uh, after a very early Pro Wrestling for You show, um, <laughs> Ryan took himself up to a club called the Sugar Mill up in Hanley, um, and we ended up meeting him up there. It was me, there's a few of my friends, there's a girl I was seeing, blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And we were all having a few drinks. Ryan had gone downstairs. He was having a bit of a dance, a bit of a drink, whatever. By the time we get ready to leave, we're walking through the Sugar Mill to leave, and we saw Ryan dancing with this girl whose name we we're not going to mention. Um, and we're like, oh, okay. It was it was my twenty first birthday. I'm almost sure of it as well. Okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll go with that. And like that's that's some kind of justification. But it's we'll, not, we'll, is it? Let's be honest. So me and uh, me and the missus and the friends were kind of like leaving. We see Ryan dancing with this girl. Like, oh, didn't realise he knew her. Didn't realise he liked her. But he's obviously dancing up close. All right, like, cool. See you later, mate. Have a good one. Enjoy yourself. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. <laughs> so uh, one week later, uh, might have been two. I see Ryan again at uh, a United Wrestling show. I'm, I even, I'm even name-dropping other companies. I see them at a United Wrestling show. They are, they are United, so you've got to shout out. I've been keeping and, it so quiet, mentioning uh, any promotions as well. I tell it's, you it's what. Fine. I'm, I'm not fussed. So Ryan comes in and uh, he arrives with, uh, with his dad, Keith, and he comes walking in and he sees me and he's got the angriest face in the world. And I'm like, oh, Okay, maybe he's had a bad day or something, and you literally bypassed people that you hadn't done the wrestler handshake to yet and made a beeline straight for me. You came up, got right in my face, and I'm like, um, okay, like, well, what's going on, you know? Um, and you're like, mate, what, what, why, why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you stop me? And I'm confused as anything. I don't know what you're going on about. <laughs> like, um... And I'm thinking, like, did it tell him do something in the match? Like, what's what's going on? What's going on? Because he was fine at the middle, so what's going on? And we get talking, and I'm, I promise I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not going to put names in. But uh, the girl that Ryan had taken home that night, she took me, uh, 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 she took me home because I yeah. was loved. Um, so she had taken liberties. I'm picking my words carefully here. I've got to be very careful. I've got to be professional, which is a bit difficult. She took liberties for a very, very drunken Ryan Meyer. So they would have been both been drunk, so that's fine. We're not going down that route. But she, <laughs> I, 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 I would have put this. So if she, Do you want, if she, you want me to just come out, come out and... If, if she wanted to check the internal temperature of one Ryan Meyer... <laughs> right, I'll just say she took liberties with my bum hole. 
<laughs> where she, she stuck a finger up your bum. Oh, God, I sounded like an opera singer. Not even joking <laughs> you. Oh! I think you sounded like a pair of bagpipes by the end. <laughs> I so, yeah, so... You threw me underneath the buzz there, Philly, because <laughs> I, I've been so... I've been, like, keeping my stories, like, proper, you know, kiddie rated because I didn't want... But now you, you're having it next time. I see right, you, it's, it's fine. Basically, part two, it's the sequel always is always better. So part two is going to be all you anyway. So this is what Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops is all about. Right, no, part two is an over-18 one. Just throwing that out there right now. They'll all be over 18. It's fine. We'll chuck a couple of swear words in. So, yeah, so Ryan was not very happy that I hadn't stopped him um from taking this girl home. Now, obviously, I didn't know he was taking her home. I just saw him as I was leaving. I, I didn't went, know. I was bloody drunk, wasn't I? I was taken advantage of. And no. uh, rumour has it, right? I'm, I'm going to draw a line under this very quickly. After she had finished, you sat in the bath and she washed you while you were cried in the bath. <laughs> I didn't cry, but I was close to it, Philip. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I heard. I don't, I don't know the uh, you know, rumour and in your endo. To any of them. Oh, terrible. Right, so right, we're, getting, we're getting near, we've gone past the hour and a half mark, so we're yeah, going to draw a line on this. Can we just so talk we'll, about my bumhole? We'll, we'll, we'll move on from your bumhole. So the very last segment of this podcast, and it's going to be a quick one anyway, so you, yeah, I know you're probably dying for a fag and all that sort of stuff anyway. Right, so listen we'll, though, can, like, just in case, can, if it's the quick fire about people, can I justify some of the things that I say? It's fine. Yeah, just in case, like I say, knobby or cockhead, but then there's no meaning to, you know what I mean? I don't want to bury people. That's fine, mate, that's fine. It's, it's not about burying, this is literally just, we're just aiming for a little bit of banter, so I'm going to chuck a name at you, and you literally just need to give me the first word or words that come to mind. Yeah. So don't overthink it, literally just give me the very oh, first God. word. I'm going to get in trouble here, I know it's Right, go on. <laughs> You're going to get fired, you're going to get dumped, you're going to get hated, the girl with the big teeth's making a comeback. It's going to be great. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, we'll, we'll skip over that. So we're going to chuck a name out at you. There'll be some WWE ones, some British wrestling ones, some pro wrestling few roster ones. First words that come to your head. Uh, are you ready? Okay, I'm, I'm, you can't see it at the moment, but I'm giggling to myself here. Right, so Tony Barrett. Best referee in the world. Dylan Roberts. Um... Paramedic. <laughs> Dave Dovecchio. Uh, charismatic. Really? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I've chucked myself under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, we run so we uh, Big Daddy. Um, God. National hero. Uh, BWP owner Steve Saxon. Nonce. No, no. <laughs> oh, God. I'm joking. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's Stokey. Proper good Stokey, isn't he? I don't think I was going to make a comeback from the Dave Direcchio laughing at that one, but oh, no, you've, you've done it. You've definitely done no, it. No, I, I love Steve. I really do. Is like One thing you, everyone needs to realise listening to the podcast, Stoke people have got like it. A weird sense of humour. We find everything funny, don't we? Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Uh, Sugar Duncan. Funny. Hulk Hogan. Sex tape. <laughs> Kendo Nagasaki. Oh! Um, 
up his own arse. Ric Flair. Woo! Babyface Pitbull. Dangerous. Gangrel. Gentlemen. I'll skip it over the reply for Babyface Pitbull. I'm like, I'm not addressing that one. Uh, Mark Morgan. Oh. F- fucking arsehole. <laughs> We're going back to the girl with the big teeth. No, skip in. Skip past that one. Skip oh, past that one. <laughs> uh, the bevy weight drill. See, this is one that really did not like him. Like, when I first met him, I thought, what an absolute cockhead he is. But. Since I've been on more shows with him, and yeah, I was completely wrong. And he probably probably don't like me still, but yeah, I didn't like him when I first met him. That's fair, that's, that's fair enough. Um, Joey Hayes. Underrated. Uh, Matt Burns. Overrated. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew it. I knew that's where you were going to go with that. I've got like a little, I've got little uh, notes next to my fingers. Like, I bet you he says Joey Hayes underrated, which I completely agree with. And I bet you he says Matt Burns is a joke, is like overrated. I knew you were going to do that. Right, with Matt Burns, right, there's one thing clear. And he'll admit by himself he's not the best wrestler. And me and my dad have always said it for years. If they give championship belts out, out to people that have tried and everything like that, he'd be world champion. Uh, yeah, one that probably maybe too nice a guy for this business, perhaps. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a couple more, and then then we're good. So Eric Bischoff. Um. God, that's an odd one. Competition. Ritmo. Want to work him? Absolutely uh, brilliant. Yeah, Jack Nudson. Breakout. Matt Fox. I don't really know Matt Fox that well, to be honest, Phil. Um, teeth. <laughs> okay. So two more to go. Kim Rocks. Boobies. I, I've got. I've written down jugs next to this because that's where I thought you were going. Well, if she reads this, boobies and feet. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm literally I'm skipping past that completely. And last but not least, Keith Myatt. I can't, I can't just have one word for him, can I? Well, give us, give us three. Some Keith Myatt and three words. Legend. This is like a two-part greatest dad in the world. Fucking does me head in with all his stories. <laughs> <laughs> when right, listen, when we're in the car. You probably heard him about 10 million times, but when, I hate it when like like a Jack Nudston or a, a, a Benjamin Harland is in the... Because he has to relay all the stories, you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, this is like the longest hour and a half in all my life. You know, to anyone else, they're probably like, wow, this is amazing. But when me, me you know, and yourself... I've heard it ten million times. Like, oh, shut the fuck up, Keith. We could, we could tell, <laughs> we could tell you the story. Like, you know, I, I wrestle. I'm the oldest person to ever have wrestled for the Ring of Honor title. Dad, honestly, I swear he's got a little bit of dementia creeping in because he has to tell me that every time I go up to the house. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does it just to wind you up because he knows it winds you up. So he's like, hey, Ryan, come on in, do you want a cup of tea? By the way, did you know I'm the oldest guy to wrestle for the Ring of Honor title? Like, Damn it, Dad. <laughs> Damn it. It, probably, it probably is, mate. It probably is. 
Like he's he's like he's working you. That's what it is. He's he's a crafty devil. He's working you. Well, I tell you what though, Phil. Like going back to the pranks, I know that was right at the start, but that you meant in wrestling. The pranks that we played on me dad when me and my brother lived at home. You've seen it. Have you put it on the Pro Wrestling for You channel? Yeah, it's all, it's all up on the YouTube channel where you and Scott uh, are beating him up while he's trying to have a poo. Yeah, that, that's it. Well, we've got we've got plenty. So what we used to do is like, do you know like deep freeze? So in the morning, uh, not deep freeze, to get the the ice off your car. Oh, anti like um, anti freeze. Yeah, yeah. So we just put like antifreeze in the fridge when he's trying to look for it or his pair of glasses or his phone and you could see him going like this as he's getting a bit older now we do it now i do it going up just before this uh pandemic and everything like that i, I used to go up just to fuck with his <laughs> really did I, so i just put his phone and it's like can't find my phone then he go to the fridge to make a cup of tea and it's like oh i can't remember putting my phone in the fridge like, and he's he's it's like he's going mental do you know what I mean? Which you know how I can, I can pull a straight face. Like, Did you put this in it, Dad? I didn't. I was like, Are you all right? <laughs> wow. Wow, indeed. Yeah, my mum's exactly the same. My mum's the same with him. Honestly, we, we're just trying to get him as quick as we can into a nursing home so we can have all his money. I think. <laughs> <laughs> they are, ladies and gents, the uh, the world's greatest son. <laughs> we'll, we'll, put, we'll put him in a nice nursing home, don't worry. Yeah, just to give him some nurses to stare at. I mean, I, there's no two ways about it. I mean, Keith Myers, he's, he's, I think he's 61 in July. I pretty soon I've got, I've got me sort of facts right. Um, but he can, he can still shock you. That's the thing. He turned to me on one of our last uh, road trips down from Unstoppable Wrestling. So a massive shout out to Unstoppable Wrestling up in uh, Paddyham and uh, Burnley. Um, on the drive back, I'm, I'm sat in the back. We're a bit tired. Um, I think you'd fallen asleep and woken back up. And Keith just starts talking about, um, like, my love life for some reason. And then just with the straightest face in the world, it's like, so, Phil, you got big dick or what? <laughs> uh, I didn't know what to say. Like, that's Keith Myers asking me about me, the, the manhood. I'm like, eh, it's all right, I suppose. You know, kind of does it. Does... Yeah, and I'm just, I didn't know what to say because... I'm just like, this is this is surreal. Maybe he's getting a bit fruity in his old age. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, because he was like listing, like he knows more about my exes than I do. He was listing them all, where they're all from, and all this sort of thing. I'm like, this is crazy. He's like Paddy McGuinness. It's crazy. I'm and, not. Even, uh, I'm not even going to say anything, just in case he gets don't. in trouble with me mum. <laughs> well, yeah, he just he just asked me flat out, and I feel like. I was waiting for the for like a punchline because when someone sets you up, yeah, like I was I was kind of waiting for the kind of thing, and it never came. So I'm like, oh, he's he's legit asking me about me about my junk. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I definitely was asleep at this point because I would have been going, what the fuck's going on here? I, I legit had no idea what to say. I was like, it's 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 all right, mate. It just it does its job, you know. You know, it touches oh. the sides. That's all we need. <laughs> oh, yeah. As long as you strap a few pencils to the side of it, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> See, I, I've been very lucky. I might, I might be really dog ugly, but my penis size isn't too bad, just to so throw that out there. So life balances out. Life finds a way. Yes. And, but the worst thing is, is when I used to wear trunks, where would you have to put your toddler, your little toddler? You'd have to tuck it underneath your arse, right? Have okay. you ever been snapped, Ed? 
and that landed on your penis. Oh my. No, you know what? All these stories, I'm saving this to next time because you threw me underneath the bus right at the end. I can't believe it, but I mention it. And we are doing another podcast and where it's going to be. Yeah, of course we are. We'll definitely it's... do part two. And I'm throwing you under the bus, pal. That is fine. I'm completely fine. Just to give you a little heads up. So you're, what, 27, 28? Oh, thanks, Phil. No, 29. 29. Okay. Uh, just to give you, like, a little bit of a heads up. So about sitting on your bits, and this is a really weird way to end a podcast, but I'm going to share a little bit of thing with you. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a guy, your body changes quite dramatically every seven years. Roughly every seven years, you'll have, like, a big change. You'll go, why have I all of a sudden got hairy ears? It just, it just one of these things that just comes around. Really? Because uh, like, I've had no fucking hair since I was about 14. Yeah. When was your, when your, your hair, hairy ears starts coming out, just comb it up. But one, <laughs> one thing that does, it's not dramatic, but you will definitely notice your bits. So not your bit, your bits, the bits that are behind it that you very rarely get to mention, they <laughs> distend a little bit. So they get a bit longer as you, the years go on. Are you on about testicles here? Yes, Sorry. I am. They get <laughs> so, why the got... hell are we talking about testicles? You brought that one up, not me. Mate, this this podcast has gone very, very differently. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, let's be honest. Did you honestly think that it was going to go any any differently, knowing me? Yeah, to be fair, that's fair enough. You you, you wouldn't yeah. Chucked me a couple of curveballs with uh, you know the the Bret Hart thing, so uh, hats off to you. I'll give you that one. But yeah, you've got that to look forward to in the next sort of five to six years. Your bits are going to end up getting longer, so whenever you're taking snap mares, uh, chances are you're going to end up sitting on them a bit more often than you might think. Or fucking whacking yourself in the chest with them. Yeah, all, all that. But do you know when you were a kid, you have like the door frame in your house. Your parents would measure your height. Yeah. You're going to need to do this with your testes going forward. That's exactly what I'm going to get my missus to do in a second. <laughs> so, babe, get the permanent markers out. I've got an idea. <laughs> well, in a rented house, so I don't care. Let's do it. Yeah, that's fine. Right, so Ryan, I'm going to wrap this up now, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure to spe- you know, speaking to you for uh, for two hours. I'm so glad I picked you as the very first guest on Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. I knew... We're going to chuck each other under the bus a little bit. And you know what? We've got more than enough we can talk about for part two and part three, which I'm sure you'll get your own back. I know what you're like anyway. Oh, mate, there's going to be so much dirt I'm going to dig up on you now. It's fine. I expect receipts. (laughs) Sometimes you get get a receipt to the receipt. So it's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. (laughs) Uh, But is there anything you want to plug on this podcast while we still got you? Obviously. You know, we're, me and the old man have got like a, a Facebook page that, you know, if we can get as many followers as possible, that's the best thing ever. So it's just, you know, your normal Facebook and uh, forward slash The Might Legacy. Um, Twitter, I'm not massively on Twitter that much, but obviously if the demand's there, then I'm going to have to be. So that is uh, Rai Rai Myatt. So that's R-Y-R-Y-M-Y-A-T-T. I think it is. I'm not absolutely sure. Phil, you'll you'll be able to help me out on that one. And Instagram, I've got a couple. So you've got my personal one is the Ryan Ashley Myatt. Uh, and that's my personal one for me wrestling away from the old man. And then the tag one is the Myatt Legacy. 
So, you know, if you listen to this and you've heard what, what kind of what you like and what you don't like, just give us an ad. And I, I do believe you've got some uh, merch for sale at the minute, have you not? Jesus Christ, thank you, Philip. I can't believe I didn't even think of that, mate. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I know, yeah. He's not even actually charging me for the uh, charging him for the shows. What an absolute great promoter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we've got currently. Obviously, we're in this pandemic, and I was lucky enough. What was the last show for you, Phil? Um. Saturday, March the 7th, uh, Home Sweet Home. So I was dead lucky to plug out most of my merch. If now I had quite a lot of people asking me if they've got any child sizes or anything. So we've done that process. We've actually got child sizes up to XXXL. And it's obviously, you'll see on the Instagram or the Facebook, um, us plugging it, the My Legacy t-shirts of what, what we wear. So, you know, when all this... The, you know, the pandemic's all over and, you know, we're all back to normal. You'll be able to pick them up on shows. At the moment, we're a little bit, shall we, shan't we send them out because, you know, it's a risky one. I don't don't know how you would feel about it, Phil, or other people would feel about getting it sent out in the post because, you know, the risks are there. So I think, you know, if the demand's there for is sending them out and people are okay with it, then... It's it's a difficult it's a difficult one, mate. I mean, um, yes. the, the, the Royal Mail is still working, the post office is still taking in items. It's uh, it's just yeah, it's a difficult one. I think most people they're happy to wait. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So you know, what we'll do is after all this is over, you know, because I think the the wrestling scene will take a little bit of time, but it's going to go absolutely booming again when people have got money. So you know. Buy a t-shirt, support me and the old man. And like I say, for us, it's not really a money thing. It's it's quite nice looking out into the crowd and seeing people wearing your stuff. Do you know what I mean, Phil? And same I, as I, what I'm, you do. I'm, I'm with you there, yeah. Like you see stuff that you've personally designed and then hand in and then uh, sourcing out, getting them made. And you see people, oh, I've seen the people walking around town and pressing a few shirts and I don't necessarily recognise the person, but obviously I recognise the logo a mile off. And it's just like, that's the coolest thing in the world. It is. It just gives you a nice little self, self-entitlement self of, wow, bloody hell, people do think a little bit of me. Do you know what I mean? Because... That's just all just... That's Ben Cliff, that is, mate. Yeah, well, let's be honest. Ben Cliff, give you, I'll give him a shout-out. He's the biggest Mario Legacy fan I've ever heard in my life or seen. Oh, my God. Ben Cliff, awesome, awesome guy. Uh, comes to, to most of the shows, comes to you know, most of the walkabout parties we did and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, really, really good guy, really good fan as well. So, uh, Ryan, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off? Um, other than there's going to be a part two, and uh, <laughs> Phil, you're going to be absolutely having it next time because, you know, before we got onto this uh, podcast right here, he actually said to me, You've got to watch your swearing, got you watch what you say and stuff like this, and and now he threw, he's throwing me underneath the bus. The guy's having it. He's lucky. <laughs> he's lucky that we're in lockdown rules because I'd be going to his house and giving him a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just want to say you've got to you've got to expect it from me. There's always going to be a few little uh, bits and pieces thrown in for good measure. Of course, mate, of course. I, I wouldn't love you any differently, honestly. Oh, you're a good egg, aren't you? Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I just want to say thank, thank you for the podcast, Phil. It's been a pleasure, mate, and 
considering we said it was only going to be an hour. It's too. Uh, it's took me away from the missus for a couple of hours, so I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, knowing your missus, I think she's appreciated it as well. She probably is, mate, to be fair. But then again, it's this, this lockdown stuff, isn't it? So it's completely... I'm still going to work on my night shifts and stuff. And so she's got the our little in for the whole three, four weeks of what's been happening. So Yeah, exactly. And it's... Well, thank you, mate. I've, uh, I've oh, appreciated absolute it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being uh, the first uh, the first guest on this uh, you know, Snap Crackle and Cheap Pops uh, podcast. I definitely think we've we've picked the right person to start with number one. So it can uh, all be uh, downhill from here. What do you reckon? Oh, it's definitely you've you've peaked right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gents, this has been uh, Mr. Phil Woodvine, Filthy, call me whatever you want to call it. Uh, courtesy of Pro Wrestling View. This is our podcast. Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops will be getting up on iTunes and on Spotify soon enough. Um, so keep listening and out. And if, obviously, by all means, leave us some good reviews if you think we've earned it. And if there's some people you think we should uh, get on the show, please drop us a, a message and we'll try our very, very best. But until next time, ladies and gents, on behalf of Press and Few, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Ryan Myatt, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.